Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Social commentary, hot topics, and amazing guests with a ton of fun and shenanigans along the way. My name is Neo Nix. This week, our spotlight is on relationship counselor Ciara Simonson. We're going to get to know her a bit, and then the rest of our conversation with her will be all about love and relationships. Then we've got some topics for you. Our main topic is the ongoing Kanye West, Pete Davidson feud which has gone off the rails this week. <laughs> so Gianni will break it down for us. And in quick fire, Lizzie wants to talk about the freckle-faced child killer being released after nearly 30 years. And Robbie is pissed about indigenous Amazonian lands being overrun for mining by Brazil's president. Before we get into the show, let me introduce you to our not-so-meek and humble host for the next hour. First up, the professor, journalist, editor, and sports intern mentor at ESPN out of Washington, D.C., Miss Lizzie Enders. What's up? What's up, everyone? Happy Sunday, fun day. I hope you guys had a very enjoyable and productive week. We are near the end of the first week of the NCAA tournament. And I got to tell y'all, I am wrecked. I have not slept. In 48 hours. Wow, 48 um, hours. And thankfully, my eyes Great. aren't as red as they were or earlier. Um, but it's been a lot of a lot of stuff going on on my end. A lot of stories editing. Um, Got to publish a story up right now up on Anscape.com um, from one of my writers. That I'm very proud of her for getting that. She had to pivot at the very last minute yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough. Hopefully you guys have had a better week than I have. Uh, I think we've all had some tough weeks. All right. <laughs> Our gamer, tech guru, and rock star with the rock band Fallen Machine, coming to you from Sudbury, Ontario. Mr. Rob, B. Rock. What's up? What's up, everyone? Super Sunday is here upon us once more. Um, yeah, I had a busy week, too. Um, I was working on campus, and uh, my dad uh, still is uh, in the hospital, so stopping by and visiting. And uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, I mean, today was just an amazing morning. Had a breakfast date with three of my favorite ladies, uh, my mom, my granddaughter, my wife. So got to make some pancake dots for the little one who just gobbled them up and got everything sticky. Oh, wonderful morning. Oh, okay. all right. Love that, Rob. All right. Our college student, actress, model, entrepreneur, and host of our newest podcast, Beyond the Scars, streaming from Atlanta, Georgia, Miss Gianni Storm. Hey, guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Um, things are good. I missed you guys again, but things are going pretty well over here. It's actually been a pretty productive week. Um, yeah, I've been getting it together. I've, I'm actually proud of myself. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been pretty productive. Like, I've kind of balanced things out. I'm not too workload, and I'm not, I'm, I'm never lazy, but I'm not too <laughs> workload. So it's like, it's a good week. It's, it's, I just feel really good and positive going into April, like, going into the spring. I like that. I'm never lazy. That's, uh, I love that message. <laughs> All right. So I have a question for you guys. Has anyone looked at, watching the show upload no, watch the first it. season Netflix? haven't watched season two yet but i loved season one yes Never heard of it. okay What's so it's 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 on uh it's on prime amazon prime, prime. video so it's oh, about this guy who who dies and then he has to upload his consciousness into this virtual world and <laughs> i just randomly started watching it and it was, i thought it was going to be some sci-fi type stuff but it was so much more than that. It's like got the perfect blend of like comedy, romantic comedy, sci-fi, mystery, thriller. Yeah, it's very like human story. Very it human really story. is. And, and acting is really superb. And it's uh, it was a very surprising show for me. So I, I suggest it to anybody who's upload. watching. Yeah, upload. Mm-hmm. Just go. It's really good show, really. And episodes are 30 minutes, so it's a really quick binge. So, um, okay. by the way, we got to remind everyone to check out the Beyond the Scars podcast with our own Gianni Storm and Olivia, real people with real stories of perseverance. 
Subscribe today anywhere you get your podcast. All right, it's time for quick fire. All right, our hosts have some topics they want to share, but only three minutes to discuss and one minute to hear from the audience. So type those comments in very fast. Don't forget about that mute button. Robbie's up first. Sorry. All right. So we're going to take this back to Brazil and Jair Bolsonaro. Since 2019, under his rule, uh, there's been a decline in federal inspections of mining encroachments into indigenous lands and the Amazon rainforest. And he's passed a number of laws to facilitate this protest. Um, and earlier this week, or March, actually last week, March 10th, 15,000 people gathered to protest in uh, Brasilia against a package of bills that are deemed anti-environmental. So try saying that three times fast. And (laughs) anti-Indigenous. The lower house of Congress agreed to fast track one of those bills, which would allow mining inside Indigenous lands. And that's an activity that's banned under Brazil's constitution. While some lawmakers say they oppose the bills and will vote against them, the bill enjoys the support of the president and in the influential agribusiness lobby. My question is, should the Amazon rainforest be a world heritage site to be preserved because we rely on it for clean water and oxygen worldwide? Mm. Lizzie? I mean, I think the easy, obvious question here is yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And this is just a further example of how I honestly believe that humans are imperialist by nature, right? Whether they're taking over, you know, conquering a nation of people in their land, or if they're just going in and conquering the ecosystem and the land itself, there seems to be this innate desire to just, you know what, I want that, I want that, and I want to use military force and power to take it over. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so opposed to this, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so to answer Rob's question, yes, of course, it should be preserved. Um, but I, this, who does this bill serve? This is why this, I'm, I'm so shocked that this is even an option because this is going to be, I think they said it causes irreversible environmental damage. Like in, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, the, the Amazon's like the lungs of the earth. Yeah. It destroys wildlife. It destroys animals, wildlife and animals that we don't even in America don't even know about that we can't even mm-hmm. easily identify yet. Um, not to mention the people who live in those areas or the surrounding areas. Yeah, but you know, that may- you know the guy leading it is Bolsonaro. So we, that's basically Brazil's Trump. A 100%. I was going to say there's, there's thousands to be of people about that men. showed up. There's thousands of people that showed up, so that tells you the extent and the severity of what's happening. Because I was going to say really quick, why, doesn't, why isn't this such a big deal? But it is. That was, it is a like, huge deal. Thousands of people, celebrities showed up. So, wow, we're facing some interesting. And I think it's been a big deal. I think, you know, because of all the other stuff that's going on in the world, you know, we haven't heard that much about this issue um, over the past years. But I remember, you know, protesting this in high school, you know, yep. back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something that's not going to go away until we destroy everything pretty much. Yep. Until we destroy it all. Quick comments online says, uh, Jose says, it's all about the dollars. Uh, This breaks my heart. Absolutely true, Neo Knicks. All about the dollars. All about the dollars. All right. Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? Some straight up greedy shenanigans. Greed. Evil. That should be an option. (laughs) It is an option. It is pretty evil. It is. I thought you said people. Yeah, well, yeah, it is very much people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike Wolf is, I am not as worried about rainforest destruction now that nuclear war is back on the table. I mean, I mean, I mean. Damn. Damn. All right. You have to be so bleak. Damn. You have to be so bleak. Damn, all right. All right, Lizzie, you're up next. All right. So for all you folks that got freckles out there, this is for you. 28 <laughs> years ago, 13-year-old Eric Smith was convicted of murdering four-year-old Derek Roby. Derek Roby was walking from his house um, to a park that was like maybe two blocks away. Yes, he was poor, but he lived in a town of 700 people. Very small town. This was not uncommon. And uh, Eric Smith lured him into the woods, killed him. First, he strangled him. Then he 
badgered his head in with a rock. And then he took a stick and sodomized him. He was 13 years old when he did this, convicted of the crime and then sentenced to nine years to life. Well, he got out on parole after 28 years in February. My question to our panel, to our audience, should he have been freed? Let's start with Gianni. You think he should have been freed? I feel like it's a side note, but I think it's interesting how only certain people get cute little murderer nicknames. Um, but <laughs> I think that... Yeah, for Black folks, it's just thug. It's just thug. We just call it thug. <sighs> right. Um, but I, I think that uh, that's hard. I'm still bad because I feel like he did serve a lot of time, but he, yeah. I know he did treatment therapy, but yeah, it's not Barbie. my call. I feel like it's not my fight. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Crimes against children. Um, I am. I react violently against, and this is the worst of the worst in any other in any other animal society. If an adolescent animal were to kill an a youngling for no reason, the pack would kill the adolescent or they would drive them away. Um, so the fact that this person got rehabilitated now, he's engaged and, you know, going to resume his yeah, life in New York is disgusting. It's disgusting. Listen, it's gross. I ain't got no man. This killer is engaged. This killer is engaged. I'm just saying, okay, Only so this is my thoughts. This was almost 30 years ago. He was a child himself. Um, Granted, He's most psychopaths do not stop being psychopaths, <laughs> so he may be he may have psychopathic behavior. I, I don't know about being free uh, without parole or anything like that, but uh, I mean, he was thirteen years old. He was a kid. Did you know he say I mean? why? Like, what is your problem, kid? Like, because he was oh, picked on. He was because he was bullied against. So he wanted to be in a position of power. He wanted to know what it was felt like to hurt someone rather than be the one receiving the hurt. I mean, that was his reasoning. It's supposed to be about rehabilitation. Go ahead, 15 seconds. But in addition addition to that, he exhibited, even before he killed um, this four-year-old child, he exhibited a lot of psychopathic behavior. He was killing all the animals Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. okay, Um, and showed absolutely no remorse. And, you know, I said last week, you know, I'm all for the old yellow treatment. Like, I think we have (laughs) to stop, you know, sympathizing with people that pose a threat to the greater good. And I just want to ask you for, you know, would you, would you want this kid? Okay. So he, now he's a grown man. Let's take it to the after show. I definitely wouldn't, but let's take it to the after show. If we want, let's take it to the after show. All right. We got some comments online. (laughs) I just say, what makes a 13 year old do this? Uh, Jacqueline Robinson, should he be castrated? Mm, Dang. You guys are intense, man, today. All right. So, Sonia, Sonia C. Elias Cueto says uh, he was 13. If he received therapy treatment, he should get a second chance. He was not an adult when he committed the crime. That's how I feel. We have lifers in D.C. that were released in our productive seasons today. I, I'm not trying to have him next to me, but I mean, I think he should be on some list. He should be on some list or something. I mean, we should, people should be aware. He should, people should be aware of this. All right, we, <laughs> is this true? Lies or shenanigans? This is true. Lies or shenanigans? Again, no, no. It's, this is shenanigans. It, it's true. I'm going with truth. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going with truth because I think, I think wow, as a 13 so year old, just... he's a 13 year old. He got to, I mean, come on. We got to give children the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Evo knows no age. Evo knows no age. I don't know. I don't know. We got to give kids the benefit of the doubt. We got to give them at some point. All right, we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. We'll come back. After show. Don't come to D.C., bruh. I got something for you. Don't come to D.C., bruh. All right. Really, really quickly. Let me take a quick moment to shout out our sponsor for today's episode, Utopian Lights Candles. That's Utopian with an E. Lights, candles, a luxury to, they, I'm sorry, Utopian lights, luxury yeah, candles. Yeah, yeah. I know, you didn't mess me up putting this kid, talking about castrating. <laughs> this. Anyway, Utopian lights, luxury candles caters to a specific clientele. They focus on clients who are on their healing journey to self-love. Visit utopianlights.co for a healthy glow up. All right. So it is time to bring in our
Today's spotlight is on relationship counselor and ordained minister, Ciara Simonson. Welcome, welcome, What's welcome up? to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ciara. How are you? Welcome, Ciara. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me in this gracious welcome. I'm glad to be here today. Happy to have you. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get to your extensive background in a bit, but let's start off with something a little fun. Can you tell our audience something interesting about you that we would not be able to Google about? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> a great, great, great question. And actually... You know, I, I thought I would start off by sharing that um, most people don't know that I'm a homeschool mom, but I guess you can Google that about me because I've anything you post on social media can be Googled, right? So <laughs> I guess we <laughs> take it back uh, pre-social media, that life. Um, not too much I want to disclose about that life, right? <laughs> um, but, I guess I can share which um, before before I, I started my what I call my vocation um, as an ordained minister and as a relationship uh, therapist. I used to be an events um, manager. I used to plan, be an event planner, oh, and so I worked cool. in the advertising, marketing, communications industry. I worked with um, Uniworld, Uniworld Group, and so yeah, this is before social media was a thing. And um, I traveled wow. and worked in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. All right, so That's okay, cool. so so you've been an ordained minister. You're an you currently an ordained minister. And you do imago relationship counseling. So how long you've been doing that, and what led what led you down that path to this passion of yours? Mm-hmm. So my what led to my ordination was really a call to say a call that I believe, you know, by God was not only to study to share myself and prove, but a, a, a call to connect with others and really help my community. It was really this call to humanitarianism and really identifying the humanistic nature of, of our community. How can I help others become their best self? How can I encourage? How can I inspire? So I, I looked at faith um, and faith. I, I don't necessarily claim the religious aspect. And so I also have to just say that I went to divinity school, not Bible school, right? And so I look at religion in in its totality of how our faith practice can actually help to support one to be their best self. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of where it began. But I I lo- I love God. I love Jesus. I love sharing the goodness of of God's grace and that is um, what I like to share to help inspire others. That's what I know personally. So that's what I share. So that's the ordination track. What I learned and discovered in my work in the church um, was that there were a lot of people coming to church hurting mm. and mass. Mm. And um, just coming to receive a word, a word that speaks to God's love was not really helping to heal the woundedness that one experienced when they attend the church service or worship experience. So I wanted to go a little deeper in my study to really tap into some of the woundedness that was experienced in the churches that I serve. Okay. So that's kind of where the work and pastoral counseling um, came in. It's been quite a journey, I would say, a journey of discovery and um, discovering my desire to help others. I've learned so much about myself and have um, also grown to heal in the process, which is why I identify myself as the wounded healer. I, and I get the impression that a lot of like people who get into therapy and counseling are themselves wounded in some way and trying to make it make sense. Do you find that to be the case? It's, it's the, the constant search, right. For, for meaning it's about meaning making. And so whether it's personal experiences and most times it is personal or observed experiences, uh, extended family friends that has impact or shape and formed our lives in such a way that, um, there's a heart or desire to do something about it, to fix it, to make it better, to help. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we get to um, the other questions, 
you're working on a doctorate. You're working on your doctorate right now, and you have an interesting, very interesting doctoral project. Can you quickly tell us more about that and what you're working on? Yeah, so I'm currently a doctoral student, and I literally just finished my research proposal um, on on the subject topic of perinatal bereavement and how African American couples endure perinatal bereavement. Um, how are couples what, impacted? What is perinatal? What is perinatal? Or, uh, audience out there that may not have an idea what that means. <laughs> so, so, so we can uh, look at it as early pregnancy and infant loss. So, when you think about perinatal, that's that's um, a, a baby um, that's that's still in utero. Um, so we're talking, still in a womb. So, if we put it in, mm-hmm. in in other terms, we're talking about miscarriages, or uh, are we talking ectopic mis- loss, ectopic still loss, stillbirth, mm-hmm. stillbirth. Yes. Okay. Still Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, anytime that there is a pregnancy loss, that's, that's what I would classify as perinatal bereavement. So bereavement is the grief that's associated with, with the, the loss. And, um, this topic is, is a significant topic because the issue of infant mortality or say, um, pregnancy loss remains a major health concern, uh, particularly within the African-American community. Um, African-American couples, women are twice as likely to experience infant mortality or, or uh, pregnancy loss. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Early hmm. Infant loss. Yeah. In fact, there was a recent study at the National Center for Health Statistics that just came out um, right before 2020 that actually shows that 2017, 18 and 19, what the data reports. And it shows that even though there has been a decrease, a decline in infant mortality as a whole, Mm-hmm. African-Americans are still twice as likely to experience loss in comparison to, say, white, Caucasian, or I'm going to say, and um, Hispanic, Hispanic women. Oh. Oh. Let me try to get in another question here. I, I want to start with Rob B on this one. Well, it's, uh, I'm curious, with your counseling practice and the work that you do in the community, what sets Ciara Simonson apart from others in the same field? So, as a relationship therapist, I mean, how many people can you identify when you think about therapy as a relationship therapist? Mm -hmm. I am um, trained. (laughs) I am actually trained um, in 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 imago relationship therapy, which was is a modality, let's say a therapeutic modality that was designed specifically for couples. Most people who identify themselves as a couples therapist or, and that's what they would identify themselves as a couples therapist, Mm -hmm. usually take models that has been um, designed Mm -hmm. for individual therapy and try to apply it into you know, with with two people, but whereas Imago was specifically designed through um, the lens of a relational paradigm, so it really looks at how two are connected and the mm. space that's between the two um, that's identified in the relationship. And so, it's it's a really beautiful practice um, and study that has not only informed. My my love and joy as a therapist working with couples, I always say when I work with my individual clients, you know, you come in here and you complain about your partner, you might as well just bring your partner in. Don't tell me to tell your partner. <laughs> that makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So so that's, you know, but 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 the idea is we're we're born in relationship, we're wounded in relationship, we heal and grow in relationship. And so mm-hmm. I identify my work as unique because of the specific training that has helped me to not only work with my clients, but it's also become um a paradigm for how I see life. And this is also where my theology comes into play because I do believe that God has created us to be relational beings and that God is, you know, in relationship with us or wants to be in relationship with us. Okay. 
All right, there's a couple comments online. So we're looking at uh, Olivia says, woohoo, I'm going to homeschool my kids too. And uh, she also says, G-O-D. Uh, Jacqueline Robinson has a question. She says, as a pastoral counselor, has your faith been in conflict with the scientific part of your discipline? Hmm, great question. So I would say that my faith has always been, if I had to make reference to a book uh, that's titled Faith Seeking Understanding, uh, my training has been specifically looking at integrating my faith spirituality with science, right? And and how does it work? So how do I understand um my my spiritual practices and faith practices and how does that integrate with what I understand about um, science, just psychology in and of itself. So it's it's always been about seeking to understand how the two are um, integrated and how the two intersect. All right, Gianni. My question is more seeking advice um, from your expertise. It's a <laughs> relational question. Uh, what does a healthy relationship look like in your opinion? If you, Ooh. I know it's a, probably a mouthful. But. It's, it's pretty broad, but it's a good question. Great question. What, it's, I'm it's, curious it's too. It's an excellent question. And um, I always tell my clients that the health of a relationship is not so much um, not getting into any ruptures or not having um moments of disconnect, but it's how well, how soon can you recover from it, right? So it's not about the rupture as much as it is about the repair. And so you can uh, assess, evaluate the health of a relationship that when, and let's say, when an argument or when a disagreement happens, how quickly can you repair that that disconnect, okay. that argument, that tension that, you know, shows up. It's recognizing that when tension arises, that it is, um, it's, 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 it's an opportunity for growth. Conflict tension is an opportunity for growth. So when you can change your perspective and paradigm around how you see the tension within the relationship and, uh, do the work to explore what's trying to happen here, what's trying to grow, what is, what needs to be healed, right? What's going on. Then that really helps uh, two, that's a, if I have to give a benchmark, the benchmark for assessing a healthy relationship. But when you get stuck. <laughs> in the uh -huh. So you good? Go ahead. I was going to say, so uh -huh. I, I assume a lot of people come into your, to you and they're angry, pissed. They're, they're just, I mean, you're probably getting them at their worst. So how do you like take them from their worst to, to somewhere at least reasonable? Where they're having conversations yeah. and talking. Yeah, I have to remind people as a relationship therapist, my, my my specialization is in conflict management. People are not happy when they come to see me. So um, it's a journey. It's it's a journey, wow. and I'm continuously having to encourage my clients to 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 trust the process. And this is trusting the process of of developing a sense of consciousness. Mm -hmm. conscious awareness. And when one has already set in their mind the vision, let's say that they want, that the ideal relationship that they want, then you have everything within you. The couple already has everything within them to mm -hmm. fulfill that potential. It's just a matter of identifying specifically what is needed, right? And what are you committed to? My husband and I, uh, we've been married for 14 years now, and um, I would say the success of our marriage with all the challenges that we've endured, it has not been a walk in a park, folks, but <laughs> we have an annual agreement where we just kind of renew. Um, say, we're going to do this for another year. I guess it's working. Okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. But but it's also um, just evaluating where where are the areas that we need to stretch and what are we committed to and because we're committed to uh, making it work it, it works yeah. that what you focus on you know the, the the energy that you put as part of your focus will grow right so that's that principle universal principle Liz. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, as someone who has been a bridesmaid eight times, 
who has um, who has a lot of friends who you know started off you know this is my life partner and now they're going through divorce or separation or whatever. What do you find to be the number one conflict between couples mm. when they come to see you? Mm. Mm-hmm. In my head, it's the same thing. It's the same thing across the board, but you may find it to be something different. So you're saying like, is it money? Is it uh, cheating? Is, is it, it money? Is it infidelity? Is it you know lying? Bad communication? That, or like, which say miscarriages? Or uh, what, what was yeah. the official term? What's the official term you called it again? And perinatal loss. Perinatal loss. Is it one yeah. of those things? We could, I, we could just say early pregnancy or infant loss. Infant um, loss. So we- and group those together. Uh, so excellent question. I mean, just on the surface, you can say that um, money, sex, mm-hmm. children, uh, infidelity, those are some of the major, major triggers that impact the relationship dynamic. Grief, loss, um, huge, huge, huge. Yeah, but you said on um, the surface, I noticed that. But, but I say that on the surface because... The, it, there's a deeper work, right, that has to do with the internal working model for the individuals and how they come into the relationship. So if you remember what I said in the beginning about healthy relationships is developing a sense of conscious awareness. And so we enter into the relationship, first stage of the relationship, and you know, this, this, um, the dopamine, the oxytocin of, oh, I found the one. Everything is just wonderful and it's great. And guess what? When the tension rises, everything that was great in the beginning just is not all lost. But what happens is, yeah, life happens. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff that has been suppressed, repressed, unconscious begins to get triggered or comes to the surface by the partner. And You've been trying to push that stuff away for so long. So now you see it, right? It's being reflected in your partner. And you're like, I don't know what to do with it. You know what? I'm out. I can't take this anymore. And so before um, going to do the work to develop a sense of, okay, well, what is this that's impacting me? What is triggering me to behave or react or respond in a certain way? You do what you've always done and check out, quit, right? Say, peace, I, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. It's too much to bear. And that's kind of how one had to survive. And that's really an adaptation for survival. So um, it's, it's important to remember why you got married in the first place and to mm-hmm. know that all that stuff that, mm-hmm. um, that you fell in love with in the beginning does not just go away because the stressors of life are now challenging you. It's to look at that and to ask the question, okay, what is it that I need to learn from this? What is it that's happening here that is calling me to, to stretch and grow in a new way? What is it that I'm being um, asked of or for? What, what's, what's happening here? I mean, and then granted there are some times that there's abuse, you, mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. do need to just, leave right right um if there is is some some abuse and then there are times where things are just what you call what is it divorce irreconcilable differences Differences, (laughs) right where people just make a decision right well they won't stop lying all that stuff (laughs) they don't want to change they're not committed to doing the work Right? right. And so there comes a point where you just have to say enough's enough. But the call to stretch, the call to grow requires change. I think Liz and has one more it, question. Sorry, it's both. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, just, just one more question. So oh, wait, 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 Liz, that... before you before you go, let me let me just get these little comments. I got one from Mike Winter that's cheating is a symptom of another problem usually. So many so many people that I know have so much self work to do and bring that yeah. brokenness into their relationship. And then yeah. Lady Annie Burrill says, uh, communication, listening, communication, listening. Been with my hubs for 28 years. Wow. <laughs> Hugs That's and kisses. Uh, Jose you. says, acceptance and non-attachment, open heart, mind. All right, Liz, final question. Final question. So did your clientele list increase during the pandemic? Mm. Did you find you had more clients during the pandemic? Yeah. So there is a great demand um, for for support. 
during the pandemic. I would say I, I saw the demand, but I also saw a lot of people um, who went into survival mode from uh, a financial standpoint and not yeah, really wanting to pay for this. So that's the one of the challenges with relationship therapists is that um, some insurance companies don't cover, right? That So that's a whole other thing. But um, mm-hmm. it's a luxury, mm-hmm. right? Therapy is considered, you know, a luxury. It's like going to the gym. Who wants to pay for the gym membership? Yeah, I need to go. Insurance doesn't pay for that most <laughs> times. doesn't pay for relationship therapy from what but I understand. But the weird thing is insurance or companies will pay for your gym membership. Before they, yeah, that's true. Relationship that's therapy. Weird. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the insurance companies now are paying for therapy, mental health uh, therapy for yourself, but they won't do it for your relationship. Right. It's crazy. Right. Right. Uh, one more comment. It looks like uh, Rob B's on YouTube said, hurt people, hurt people. You have to love yourself uh, before you can truly love another. Nice message, Rob B. Um, and then Mike Winter responded, hurt people do not have to hurt people. They need to address that hurt, acknowledge it, and learn some coping mechanisms. Your and remember, young. folks, I hurt harder. I hurt harder. So don't hurt me. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> a warning. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you hurt back harder. Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, retaliate. So you retaliate. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. That's a whole nother. That might be another session with UCR. We might have to come back to that one. <laughs> Seriously. All right. That's all the time I'd, I'd we have. I'd be happy to. This is a hot topic. Hot topic. Right? Yeah, Especially during <laughs> the pandemic, for real. And it's a good segue yeah. into our main topic with Which hurt is- people. All right. Uh, so, Ciara, this is all the time we have. Do you have any last words, some shout outs or anything you'd like to tell our audience? Um, and also, please let them know where they can find you. Oh, absolutely. So I, I would really I would encourage um, you to assess where you are in your relationship. How soon can you do that repair work, right? And reconcile the relationship to get to to that place where you are living out or experiencing the relationship that that you've always imagined. If you um, find yourself experiencing some tension conflict, yes, reach out to a relationship therapist. I can be reached at the Imago Center DC, ImagoCenterDC.com. You can look it up. I'm not the only therapist there, but one of, of a few. I have a whole cadre of, of colleagues who are obviously trained in this model. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check out the book, uh, Getting the Love You Want for Singles, for the singles out there. It's Keeping the Love You Find, right? Because it's a whole thing. At the end of the day, relationship really begins with you mm-hmm. and you being able to take um, some inventory, self, self-assessment self where you are, areas that you're seeking to, to, to heal, to grow, to stretch. Um, and what's what's needed. I think that's it. And appreciate appreciate the ones mm. that you are in relationship with. And for those who are single, learn how to appreciate yourselves. When you're able yeah. to do it for you, you can do it with others. Yeah. So yes, you mm. gotta know love to show love. Yeah. And knowing love begins with how do you love yourself? Yeah, we say that all the time on the show. I know me we repeat that because you gotta love yourself first. I, I just have one more question. I mean one more Quick, if you can respond really quickly to this one. Um, do you think relationships should end whenever they become physical or you handle each case individually? Are there some situations where you say this abusive situation could work? Yeah, I handle each each case um, individually. In have, you seen, have you seen abusive relationships work? Yeah, yes. I've, I've actually had clients who have um, been physically abuse and decided to stay of you know of course i'm looking like mm-hmm. but <laughs> um but my work is not to judge one's decision mm-hmm. um it, it's really to support and help one to identify what's best for them and give them the tools that they need so they can feel that they're operating or working from their best selves within that situation so it's no judgment either way like you know, if you choose to stay, then you choose to stay. Okay. So let's figure out how to make that work. 
All right. Thank you so much, Ciara. Check the Imago Center DC. Go ahead and Google that. We appreciate you so much for joining us. And we'll have you back again because we we, got to talk about this some more. We got to talk. We definitely have to talk about Lizzie and her hurting back. We got to talk about that. Thank you. Thank you again, Ciara. We'll talk to you soon. Right. All right. All right. So we got Mike Winter was online. Says hurt people. Alf, Putin, Eric Trump, my pillow, Bam, and Steve Bannon. He's on YouTube. All right. So, my, my pillow, was, Bama. All right. That, that was a great guest. Great guest. Yeah. Great guest. Uh, all right. So let's get to our final topic. Main topic today. All right, Gianna, you got Kanye and Pete Davidson. Things got worse this week. What is going on? Yes, yes, yes. So in case you've been living under a rock, here's a quick rundown of the Kanye versus Pete Davidson beef. As you know, in October, Kim K began dating Pete um, Davidson, Saturday Night Live comic. Over the weekend, the internet went into a frenzy as Pete Davidson made his first public response to Kanye West. Um, Pete Davidson called Kanye West embarrassing and begged him to stop harassing Kim Kardashian in a series of leaked messages after months of what people are calling online attack. Pete Davidson said to Kanye, yo, it's Skeet. Can you please take a second and calm down? Davidson allegedly wrote to the rapper that it's 8 a.m. and it doesn't got to be like this. Kim is literally the best mother I've ever met. When she does for those kids is amazing, and you're so effing lucky that she's your kid's mom. I've decided I'm not going to let you treat us this way anymore, and I'm not done being quiet. Grow the F up. So Kanye responds to Pete. I mean, Pete. (laughs) Kanye responds to Pete. They go back and forth. Um, To sum it up, Kanye would like to meet with Pete at his Sunday service. Pete insists that they meet alone and privately. And my question actually to the panel is, your thoughts on how the escalation of this drama has been handled by both the men. And do you think Pete Davidson is wrong for sending those texts to Kanye? He also mentioned he was in bed with his wife. Just, just um, put that up there. Um, oh, um, not the picture. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's start with Robbie. It's antagonistic. Yeah, for sure. But Kanye has been begging for it. I mean, he has just been chirping nonstop. That poor boy needs maybe some type of counseling so that he can just be good with himself. But someone within his inner circle has failed him because he needs help, man. Like they should be intervening, get the courts involved so that he can take some time away where the meds are force fed into him and he can start living outside of the ether. Dude, he needs medication, man. He's not right. And he's going to can't do that here. Can't do that uh, unless he is unless he is physically um, abusive, unless he physically attack harms them or himself. You can't do that. Um, <laughs> you can't do that here. I'm just saying. But yeah, like it's Intense. and this beef, like Kim needs to be the boss lady that she pretends to be in the media and slap a restraining order on Kanye and just deal with this shit. Just you know, Pete. Block this guy on all your social media. Don't engage publicly. Some kind of sex NDA. You know, don't text my ex-husband if you're in bed with me. <laughs> right. This is just messy and high them. school and childish. It's just horrible. I feel, right, bad. The, I feel bad for the kids. The, the online comments are lighting up, but Liz, go ahead. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I don't feel sorry for anybody involved. Not Kanye, not Davidson, not even Kim. Because lest we forget. And when I say that, I don't, I'm not saying that to absolve Kanye of any of his boorish behavior. I think it's disgusting. However, he didn't start this shit a month ago. This was years in the making when he was bullying Taylor Swift, when he was bullying and slut shaming Amber Rose. And in both situations, Kim was there instigating, retweeting his stuff and being a part of it. She loved it then when it wasn't about her. But now that it's in her face, it's like, oh, oh, what was me? So, and again, I'm not condoning any of his stuff. But these are people, like you have said, Rob, these are people with an enormous amount of money. 
Mm-hmm. If they Enormous. wanted to shut this he, he shit He keeps down, saying that he's the richest black man in America, which is not exactly Kim, true, but he's the second richest. And Kim calls herself now a billionaire, right? These people know how to fix this. Instead, they're taking it to social media. They're making every tweet, every argument, every incident public because there's no such thing as bad press to them. They only mm-hmm. stay relevant if they keep talking about it. And Kim is too dumb enough. This is how much she buys into that argument. She's too dumb enough to realize that Pete disrespected her and her children when he was like, I'm in bed with your wife. What? That was quite. Yeah, it was quite. All right, so, look, so let me get to these comments online because they're, they're, they're going to start adding up. So let me get to a few. Uh, Robin Johnson says, uh, Dr. J, the petty in me enjoyed the bad comment. <laughs> the, uh, Jacqueline Robinson, yeah. the uh, the problem is that they both have diagnosed personality disorders. Kanye has no friends who aren't on his payroll. That's interesting. All right. right. Uh, yeah. Jose says, grown ass adults acting like children. Uh, Mike Wolf, they are very wealthy. They're all very wealthy people. I would spend my concern elsewhere. That said, for the record, Kanye is also beefing with me for some reason. Oh, all right. Mike, all right. you know I got your back. You know I got your back always. We got Mike your Wolf. back, Mike. We got all your right. back. Uh, Mike Winner says, Kanye needs to be back on his meds. He'd be picking at Pete for a minute. The reply was so immature. All right, we got some supporters of Kanye, though. We got two, a couple of supporters of Kanye. So Olivia says, I love Kanye. Conscious, God-fearing folks recognize when they can't define you, they crucify you. And then he's talking about Kanye that was that was talking ill about slaves, that was talking ill about Harriet Tubman, that was walking around with a a swastika and a Confederate flag on his on his jacket. You love that Kanye? Kanye, okay. She also says Pete hold on, hold on. She also says Pete Davidson and Kim are embarrassing running around with a married woman. Uh because they apparently she was still married at the time they started dating. Um and then he was still married to Chris Humphreys when she got pregnant with North by Kanye. Like, let's oh, be good real. Point. About good point. Good point. Good point. All right. Kim Kardashian is here. Sonia yeah. says, I support Kanye. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gianni. You had something. He don't support you. <laughs> <laughs> In Kanye's defense, the, and the reason why I also like Kanye is it, and I can't defend all his actions. I will never defend another man's actions. That's on everything. But with time. Kanye, he, out of all of the, billionaire celebs is a little bit I, I don't like the word conscious and woke because it's it's getting weird now and it's becoming something it's not oh, yeah. but Con- Kanye I feel like I feel like Kanye is what? a is a little bit mis- misunderstood and I agree with Liz that what's her face Kim needs to take more accountability in this scenario it's almost like she's le- that's why I feel like the whole thing is a publicity stunt because it's like you're letting the bridge you're letting this whole thing burn and it's and um yeah, but to Kanye's offense, him attacking, let me use these quotes, attacking uh, Pete, I think was what man, what man would want to see another man like be with his wife, though? You know what I mean? Like, we're um, watching this. Me, well, ex-wife at that point. Ex-wife. At that point, they were ex-wife. Didn't he just have a girlfriend? Yeah, he had two. He's had two since. Yeah. Two? Actually, <laughs> actually three. Three. Actually, has it been three? three. Yeah. So, it's been three. <laughs> Kanye's fine. Kanye is just, I, to some degree, I think Kanye is doing this to get attention. Um, to They're some all degree, doing it for attention. I don't know that They're Pete Davidson. I think attention. Pete Davidson is doing it. I mean, he, he wants to be with Kim for attention, but I really think that I really think he's actually worried because Kanye's people. He, he was be. at one point. Kanye actually told them, told his people to kind of like go after, uh, kind of not go after him physically. But to go after them, and then Kim says, "You know, hey, you got to stop, stop doing that. You know, you're putting him in danger." And so she wrote back, "Upon my rights request, please, nobody do anything physical to Skeet. I'm going to handle the situation myself." On top of that, he put out a song. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the song? I don't, I don't know, but it was very obvious who it was directed at. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, art, it's called Easy. No. It's actually a really good song, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> But in the song, he actually does a second video for the song, and it's clearly Pete Davidson, and he's like capturing Pete Davidson, and then he's walking around with Pete Davidson's head. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kanye has really gone off the rails. I want to support him because, you know, I know we're talking about mental illness and all of that, 
But he, Kanye is off the rails at this point. He, he's, but he's been off the rails. And I didn't see any sense of urgency when Eminem was running around making songs about killing the mother of his child. Yeah. Like, Jim. come on, yeah. people. All right, unfortunately, we, we don't have any more time for yep. this. They're and all I, horrible people. Stop this. going into the press <laughs> with all your bullshit. Um, I do think it's shenanigans. Let us know everything. Uh, just one last comment online oh. I want to get out. So uh, Robin Johnson says, wealth does not have to do with the problem here. Non-wealthy women suffer through this. Hate Kim all you want, but this is a serious problem for women. And then Sonia I, says, I, North I, will grow up and tell it all. Uh, Lady, Lady Annie Burrell says, spoiled peeps. Spoiled peeps, Lady Annie. I Burrell absolutely says, agree that this is a serious problem for women. This, is definitely, this woman is a fame whore. And she's not taking advantage of her resources to help herself because she wants the headlines. Of course, she wants to. And I don't want any. Yeah. I don't want anything bad to happen to Kim. That's how she all. became a billionaire. All. Because of all. <laughs> all right, so let's go. Is this truth, truth lies, or shenanigans? All about shenanigans. Shenanigans. Everything shenanigans. in life is bullshit these days. Everything in life is bullshit. It looks like Sierra might be sticking around for our after show. So let's. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into our game show. All right. All right. So <laughs> we, we had a relationship counselor and we're talking about Kim and Kanye. So <laughs> we're doing couples, celebrity couples trivia. All right. This should be fun. We'll go around the horn. With the questions, correct answers get a point, and a person with the most points gets. Are these uh, questions fact checked? I like Matthew McConaughey. Right, fact. I don't know if they're fact checked. This is actually from uh, who is this by? Yeah, are these fact checked? That's true. This is the Atlanta Journal Constitution, so I assume it was fact checked. <laughs> it's got the word Constitution. <laughs> so, all right, <laughs> all right. So, which this is for Gianni Storm? Which singer did Matthew McConaughey date? Madonna, Katy Perry, Brandy, or Janet Jackson? I thought he was into like black women. Maybe, um, Dana has Katy Perry. Wrong. You said answer. Katy Perry? Oh, you should have stuck with your original thought. Janet Jackson. The pair reportedly had a fling in 2002 after hitting it off with the Grammy Awards. So I guess he is into black women. Like, <laughs> reportedly is not. Is not accuracy. <laughs> All right. Which actor did Ashley Olsen date? This is for Rob B. With that from the Olsen twins. All right. Andrew Garfield, Jared Leto, Zach Efron, or John Stamos. Her, I guess what? her her uncle on the show. <laughs> so so dude, my points for picking a category that I'd like tune out of on purposely. But um I'm gonna say Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah, let's see. Jared. All right. Yeah. Oh, did you give him the answer, Gianni? Oh, look at you. Oh, no. that's. <laughs> All right. Who is Andrew Garfield? I've never heard of him. I've never heard the name either. All right, that's correct. What? One half of the Olsen twins dated the Oscar winner in 2005. And then again in 2012, they also reportedly hooked up again in 2014. All right. Oh, on again, off again. All right, this is for Lizzie. What actress did Liam Neeson date? Is that Julianne Moore, Jodie Ro- Foster, Julia Roberts, or Meryl Streep? Damn. Hmm. Ain't date my girl. I know he ain't date my girl. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, your girl. God, I'm gonna have to say uh, Julia Roberts. That is that. correct. All right. The Satisfaction and Michael Collins co-stars reportedly hooked up when Roberts was 19 and Neeson was 35. Good Lord. My girl is Jodie Foster. My girl right. is Jodie Foster. Okay, because of time, we're gonna go with okay, Robbie and Lizzie. Sorry, Gianni, you're out. Because of time, this is going to be our final question. <laughs> Sorry, Gianni. You should have got the first answer right. All right. All right. Which actor did Kim Cattrall date? Would that be, this is for Robbie, would Pierce Brosnan, Michael Douglas, Bruce Willis, or Chris Noth? Who's Kim Cattrall? Sex in the city. Sex in the city. Dude. Dude. Wow. Gianna, your age just Uh, is coming through. (laughs) Her name? Fix it like Jesus. Fix it like Jesus. I I can say Chris (laughs) Noth. Chris Noth. Chris Noth. That is incorrect. The pair reportedly hooked up in, uh, it's uh, Michael, uh, Bruce Willis. They hooked up in 2003 after meeting. Wrong answer. 
meeting at party hosted by P. Diddy. All right, Lizzie, this is for the win. This is for the win. Hooking up isn't dating, though. Oh, Hooking gosh. up is not dating. Which actress did Seth MacFarlane date? Who is that? Oh my gosh. I don't know who that is. One of the greatest storytellers <laughs> oh, of our yeah. time. Are you really? You're really calling the greatest storyteller of all time. All right. Michelle <laughs> yes. Williams. Is that- yes. Allison Flanagan. Laura Prepon or Eliza Dushkin. Hannigan. That's who you're going with? No, I was correcting you. You said Flanagan. Oh, um, did I say Flanagan? I don't know who Laura I don't know who Laura Prepon is. Uh that's 70 show. Oh uh, Orange is the blue black. Laura Prepon? I hope you're right. Oh, you're not correct. Wrong answer. Uh, he w- Eliza Dushku. That's what that was my guess. A family <laughs> guide creator and dollhouse star. All right. Whoever gets this answer right the quickest. Which actor did Paris Hilton date? Russell Crowe. Corey Feldman. Kevin Costner or Val Kilmer. All right. I'm going to click Corey Feldman, but uh, that is incorrect. And the correct answer is Val Kilmer, which means, Robbie, you win the game. Wow. Good for you, Robbie, because it could have been any one of the four. It could have been any one of the four for that one. All right, let's get some quick shout outs. All right, Johnny, shout outs. Shout out to. My mother's birthday is tomorrow, and my yeah, shout out to my mom. Happy birthday, mom! Fifty-one. You don't even tell her age. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Put it out there, man. (laughs) But yeah, my family's gonna be doing like a like a balloon. Um, I don't know what it's called, like a balloon relief thing, and they're gonna tell like funny stories about her tomorrow. So I'll be in FaceTime. I'll be there. But yeah. That's awesome. Nice. All right. Robbie Rock, shout out. I want to give a shout out to all of the staff and volunteers at Health Sciences North in Sudbury. Uh, this is a hard, this is a group of hardworking and dedicated people. And I just want to personally express my gratitude for everything that you do in our community. All right, Lizzie. Shout out to my Finnish goddaughter, Paulina, who is in Finland right now. She turned 18 a week and a half ago. I'm sorry, 19 a week and a half ago, and I forgot. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) Bad Auntie Lizzie. You know, there's a war going on. There's all this bullshit going on in the state. Um, But happy birthday, sweetheart. I love you. And hopefully, I can see you for your graduation in June. Hopefully. (laughs) All right. And my shout-out goes to my nieces, Adrienne, who's 8, and Simone, who's 15. We had a birthday party for them last night. So happy birthday to you both. And actually, I'm missing, unfortunately, her kitty's kitty party over at Posh right now. So fortunately, I'm missing that. But happy birthday. Happy birthday. And our final shout out goes to the winner of our pet shenanigans of the week. This week, the shout out goes to Rin Bell. Cute little basset hound. Cute little basset hound. Chubbs the basset hound. Chubbs. Look at that. Look at the paws and the ears on that thing. I saw so another cute. one. <laughs> all right. To see all of the pets and Very post nice. your pet oh. photos and videos, join TLS Pet Shenanigans Facebook group at mypetshenanigans.com. And that is a, that is officially all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. We hope that you maybe learned something, gained a new perspective, even got some things off your chest, especially with that Kanye stuff. We'll be back next week with another amazing guest, Marcus Eason, one of our COVID Chronicle survivors who lost several fingers due to COVID. He'll be coming back to let us know how he's doing today. And don't run too far. We're going to leave the record button on for our after show conversation, streaming live exclusively on TLSfans.com Facebook page immediately following the show. And it's available for our podcast subscribers later in the week at TLSpod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Beyond the Scars, beyondthescars.show. And our winner for the final thought, Miss Lizzie, close us out. I'm sorry, Rob, Robbie Rock. Robbie Rock was our winner. Lizzie already won for the past two weeks. Yeah, I just wanted to give a special shout out to all of the caregivers out there. Stay strong. It's nothing like having another kid. And only another caregiver can really relate to what you're living. So, yeah, stay strong. All right. I love that, Robbie. Pops to the caregiver. Thank you. 
<laughs> thank you, Lizzie, Gianni, Robbie Rock. But special thank you to Ciara Simonson. Most importantly, we've got to thank you. Thank you for watching and listening to all our shenanigans each and every week. And we will see you next time. What's